Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Sam Sanders, and you are listening to Into It from Vulture and New York Magazine. We got a really good show for y'all this week. This episode, a most special guest joining me, John Lovett of Crooked Media. You know him as the host of Love It or Leave It and Pod Save America. He's with me this app to make sense of so many things. First, we'll talk about Taylor Swift's latest relationship news. Then we'll talk about Apple's new VR headset. Well, it's actually AR, augmented reality. And then we'll talk about a new movie announced this week. It's in the spirit of Cocaine Bear. It is called Crackoon. Yes, Crackoon, which prompted John and I to make up our own Animal on Drugs movie title. Wait, wait, wait. Molly Llama. Molly Llama. Molly Llama. Dolly Llama. Yeah, the Molly Llama. The Molly Llama. The Molly Llama. The Molly Llama. The Molly Llama, everybody. The Molly Llama. And later, a vulture writer reviews the music from The Idol that new HBO show with The Weeknd, you know. And last but not least, how Vanderpump Rules ruined white nail polish. All of that in one episode. Can you believe it? Truly, what a feat. All that and more after this break. Stay with us. Fox Creative. This is advertiser content from 26.2 Team Milk and their new docu-series, Running Sucks. Is running the worst? Yeah. Do you love it? Do you hate it? I hate it so much. <laughs> I hate it so freaking much. That you're a real runner now! I hate it. <laughs> I'm Abby Ayers, a 37-year-old mom from Utah who found herself running across the Manhattan Bridge in my first race ever. Running Sucks celebrates women who run and the running communities that carry them across the finish line. Running helped me in so many ways postpartum. It really is about taking my power back and proving myself wrong. For every person like you, I'm telling you you belong and I'm telling you you can do it. I never thought the words would leave my mouth, but yes, I'm planning on running a marathon. I can't even say it without laughing, because, like, who would have thought? Watch Running Sucks at runningsuckstheseries.com and learn more about how Team Milk is helping women runners across the country conquer their next course. All right. We're going to play a game, John. Okay. Uh, it's a very simple game that we play every week on this show. It is called Into It or Not Into It. And here's how it works. I'm going to share with you a few stories from the week of pop culture news, and you're just going to tell me if you're into it or not and why. Okay. And at the end, I will tell you if you've won or lost based on my opinions of your opinions. Can't wait. First, John Lovett, tell me, are you into or not into Taylor Swift and her antihero, Maddie Healy, breaking up? It's me. 
I see you laughing. It's so funny. <laughs> this feels like the closest to like everyone just talking about fan fiction that I've ever seen in like a public. Wait, wait. Because has Taylor Swift ever even confirmed that she was dating this guy? Is there Some friends have said to like People Magazine, yeah, maybe. So basically here's to me what, what I have watched take place, which is. Yes. Uh, so I actually had Lunell on Love It or Leave It, who's a really funny comedian. Oh, uh, yeah, I love Lunell. And I said to Lunell, what do you think about Taylor Swift dating Matt Healy? Uh-huh. And she's like, who's Matt Healy? And I'm like, oh, Matt Healy. <laughs> the 1975. The lead singer of the yeah. 1975. And she goes. Lunell's not concerned with that. She's like, so he's a nobody? And so your question is, what do I think about Taylor Swift dating a nobody? <laughs> Which is really but isn't funny. everybody compared to her a nobody? Exactly. But so my my it's like, so, so Matt Healy shows up at a couple concerts, then he stops showing up at concerts, and there's a whole group of people in the world that are like, she's dating Matt Healy, we have to stop it. Put out an open letter. Oh good, she's listened to us, and she's ended her relationship with Matt Healy. I guess I, I'm, I'm not into it. You're not into I'm it. Not into okay. it. I'm not into it. I'm not into it. Okay. I, I want to recap a few of the key facts in this saga. Oh, hit me with the key facts. Yeah, I don't want to miss it or not into it. So they were linked together. They were linked. at each other's concerts. Then there were Ooh. reports of friends saying they're together, this or that. But stuff got kind of weird when Taylor fans found out about a lot of offensive things he had done in the past. He once made the Nazi salute at a concert, it seemed. Oof, I didn't he know made that. some really kind of <laughs> racist jokes about the rapper Ice Spice on a podcast. And then people think that Taylor was trying to make folks forget about that by collabing with Ice Spice for one of her songs. But there were all of these points against Matt, basically, that had all of the Taylor fans saying she should not be with him. He might be a bigot. Taylor, you're better than this. Break up with him. And so what I find the most incredible out of all of it is that Taylor Swift this whole time has said nothing. Nothing. She has personally neither confirmed nor denied that she was That's dating what I him. Mean. It's no one wild. said a fucking word. It's just, it's, it's all, it's all speculation. It's a full news cycle that has never had any confirmation to it. Beginning, middle and end. What's your theory? She wants it this way. She loves it. Yeah. She's, she's like she is very good at giving all of us news cycles based on her personal love life. This is this is the way it goes. This will be the next album. This is content. She wins. She went. She won. I do. It's it's also like we're also in the midst of a whole other speculative cycle around whether or not she's what on the. On the LGBTQ flag somewhere. Girl, I, I gave I, I gave that up years ago. I if it was going to happen, it was going to happen. <laughs> She's been right? around for a while. <laughs> right? I mean, the Gaylers on TikTok are going strong. And I have to say, yeah. it's pretty persuasive. But the— Wait, the, what is the biggest piece of evidence that you take seriously in that regard? Uh, the— The— <laughs> <laughs> the Carly Kloss relationship Carly and then Kloss. the hints inside of the lyrics, some of them are so good and so well, Give me specific. an example of I'm one getting, of these lyrics. Getting, so you're talking I'm about getting, Lavender Haze? Get, Is that the one? Uh, uh, lav- lavender Haze, what are we doing here? I want you to know that, that I'm, can I say Charlotte it. is covering their <laughs> eyes in the booth. <laughs> we don't need breadcrumbs. Let her be straight. I'm going to let her. I'm not saying it. I'm not saying she's not. I'm not saying what she is. You're saying that you see rumors. I'm saying I see the rumors. And it's a, similar to just letting people speculate and, and, and living in the ambiguity. And you know what? 
That's what this year is all about. We're living in the ambiguity. Well, this is the beauty. thumbs up. This is the beauty of Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift likes to live in the ambiguity. Is she with this guy or not? Who knows? Are these lyrics about this person or that person? Who knows? This is the model. And, and this I guess is like, the like, to make a serious model. point about it is I care far less about whether or not Taylor Swift decides to either say that these rumors are sweet but untrue or confirm them. I care much less about that than the fact that she is doing a nationwide tour, often in states that have passed heinous legislation uh, that targets— You think she should stop doing trans people? No, no, no. I'm not not saying that. I'm saying that, like, I'm saying there's a lot of speculation around her love life and a lot less— around whether or not she's going to take stands. And, like, obviously she did that letter, um, and there's part of the documentary where she talks about the importance of standing up against, is it Marsha Blackburn, I believe, uh, in Tennessee, and that was obviously great, but, you know, you see other stars willing to put themselves much further out there on politics. There's a lot of value in having someone at her level who has come out in favor of LGBTQ people, but I wonder... I wonder what it would look like for Taylor Swift to be in a state that passed, you know, a drag ban or a trans ban. And say ban something, yeah. And say something really powerful. Because well, I want to say Lizzo recently just brought up yeah. a bunch of drag queens Lizzo's in, was, like, Tennessee. Yeah. That's what I was thinking about. Yeah. So, I do want to clarify. Um, apparently, in Chicago, in the Chicago leg of her Eras tour, uh, she gave a message of support during Pride Month. Mm-hmm. She reminded fans that voting is very important. And she also spoke against the wave of legislation in the country that put, okay. quote, people in the LGBTQ community at risk. So, okay, okay, you know what? A little bit. Fair enough. Fair now, enough. it's one Fair thing enough. to say it in Chicago versus Tennessee, mm-hmm. but she did something. Okay, I appreciate that. I will say the two things that I'm just I'm stuck on with all of this. Before all of this rumor and innuendo of whether or not Taylor was dating Maddie Healy, he said years ago when they were first hanging out that the prospect of dating Taylor Swift would be emasculating. It's like, dude, interesting. Interesting. Is dating women gay, fellas? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Come on. (laughs) When do fans get the right, have the right, do they ever have the right to tell someone they love and support like Taylor Swift, don't date him? Oh, when? when? Uh, uh, yes, because, I mean, like, they, they like, Taylor builds these— Not often. Yeah, but Taylor not has often. built this parasocial relationship with her fans to where they really think they're her friends. And, like, I guess they really felt it earnestly, like, she should not be with this guy. Is it ever appropriate for fans to, like, get up in someone's biz like that? I think there is—I think there is nothing wrong, nothing wrong whatsoever with mm-hmm. someone saying— I really care about this person as an artist. I really mm-hmm. believe in the message of their work. It means the world to me when mm-hmm. I see someone like that who I really care about in a relationship that makes me question their values. It challenges my love as a fan. It hurts my feelings to think that maybe the version of this person I believe in, which is a version that they have spent a great deal of effort creating for me, isn't as real as I thought it was. And I want to express that. And I want people to understand that as a fan, this bothers me. If we're that. going to be living in a world with these parasocial relationships, of course, that's, 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 a, that's of course what people should express. I do then think when it gets to the point of open letters saying you must end your relationship, <laughs> I think it's, you know, it's a classic therapy thing. I feel versus you must, you know, yeah. I think is, the, is to me yeah. the difference. Yeah. Next question, John, are you into or not into Apple's new VR headset, 
or AR headset, augmented reality headset. It's called the Vision Pro. Introducing Apple Vision Pro. The era of spatial computing is here. And it only costs $3,499. You into it? My dog just uh, hacked on the table. No, I'm not into it. I'm not into it. I am not <laughs> into it? it. I watched seen it. I consumed all the content about it. I was so very interested in it. So then you're kind of into it. it. Well, uh, here's, the, here's the thing. Tell me the here's thing. What, here's the thing. Okay. Here's, what I, here's the thing. So during the, uh, you remember the pandemic. No, I don't. Uh, I blocked that out. I got an Oculus. What? And there was this window where I was so fucking bored. Well, <laughs> and it was such an. It was so fun. What did I you put do on, on that? It? I played. I did a boxing game, but a lot of what I did was Beat Saber, which is a kind of. It's a lot. It's like Guitar Hero. Remember Guitar Hero with oh, the buttons? Yeah. Oh, it's like yeah. that, but with your hands. Oh, that's cool. But it's like to the rhythm. It's get you know. It gets more and more so difficult. Like DDR really for amazing your people. Hands. Yes, yes. Okay. It's DDR for your hands. Okay. That's a great way to yes. think about it. I got incredibly into it. It was like a great way to exercise. But that was for a month or two. Then I got bored of it and took the thing off because it was a toy. Mm-hmm. I was more into that than I am into this because this thing scares me because Oculus felt like a bunch of people fooling around to see if they can make something work. This feels like Apple kind of, you know, breaking their knuckles stretching out and saying, let's begin. Oh, well, you know it's over, yeah. And first of all, the reason it's so expensive is because they have really tried to address the things that make VR really hard and hard to continue to use, the resolution of the screen, the challenge of not knowing where you are in space. And it reminds me of when the iPhone came out in that there were touchscreens before the iPhone. Mm -hmm. There were pads before the iPhone. Mm Mm-hmm. But it turned out that a lot of these subtle problems in using them added up together became the difference between adoption and the lack of adoption. And Apple comes in. It's like when you press the glass, it gives you a little feedback. So it's like you're pressing a button. We're going to make all the icons look like objects from the real world. We're going to make it so that you just use it the way you would have used your phone already. It's intuitive. It's intuitive, intuitive. and we're going to slowly make you comfortable staring at a piece of glass all day. And now here we are a decade later, and we all stare at glass all day. And when I saw this thing, it was like, oh, man. You know, they make it so you can see someone's eyes, which is really weird. They make it so that you can be immersive but not immersive. It's like they're addressing the obstacles to adoption and saying basically, let's get a bunch of the the nerds with a bunch of spare change to show us the ropes of this thing. Yeah, and then it's going to go mad. What I find so crazy interesting about this new headset is how different it is from all the other ones before. So the big difference Mm -hmm. with this is like the Oculus one, the other headsets, they were virtual reality. So when you put them on, you were immersed in this world. Mm -hmm. The whole thing with the Apple Vision Pro is that it's not immersive. It's augmented reality. So you can see Mm -hmm. a screen, but you see the screen in the real world. So you still see the real world. It's kind of wild. And I watched the video about it and the line that freaked me out the most, uh, the voice at one point says, Foundational to Apple Vision Pro is that you're not isolated from other people. When someone else is in the room, you can see them and they can see you. It's like, whoa, don't tell me that, Apple. Don't tell me that as you put a fucking headset over my face. Like You're into it. You're, I, you're into it. No, you're it into, scares yes, you the hell out you're of me. It. But you're One, into it. $3,500. You're into it. I'm scared I'm going to fucking break it. 
too. You're into it. I want. That's not a reason. To, that's that's not saying you're not into it. That's saying it's too expensive. I'm not into it. I'm never. It's ugly. I think you're into it. It's not cute. Oh yeah. Mm, it's not, you're not. You're not attacking it as a. Uh, you're saying all the reasons. Just you're saying why you're in love with someone <laughs> who's bad for you. That's what you're doing. You're like the Vision oh, Pro even, is my personal Maddie Healy. Dry, I don't even like if I'm into it, it's not good for me. Okay, maybe so, but you're into it. I mean, who doesn't love the 1975? You just said it. You just said you were into it. <laughs> Are you gonna get you just one? Said it. Are you gonna get one? No, I'm not gonna get one. Okay. I mean, I'm not gonna get. It's so expensive. There are. So there's $3,500. And listeners, if you haven't seen it yet, Google it. But it looks like a big old pair of ski goggles. But it has a separate battery pack. And it's controlled with your eyes and your hands and your voice. And when you're on it, you look like a fool. For now. You, you, know, what we, you know what also we all look like fools wearing? AirPods. When people first got the AirPods, remember? AirPods were like, oh, my God, I look ridiculous. See, no, no, and now no, we're all no, fine. No, Counter, counter point. Still- you know what we all look the fool like? Google Glass. That that, but, that, but the Google Glass is another example. Like it just, but, 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 but it just didn't take off because it didn't work. wasn't good enough. <laughs> this thing might be good enough. Too expensive, and also like the battery goes in your pocket. It's all a bit kludgy, but it feels very first iPod. The reason I, I'm not, I'm not into it because I'm worried. I'm worried that it's going to happen. It's definitely going to happen because with Apple compared to Oculus, Apple is going to immediately integrate these headsets with the iPad, with the iPhone, with your yeah. MacBook. So once you get one, you're going to link it to this. You're going to link it to your Apple Watch. It's going to be just immersive for you. Sure. I don't like it. But Apple isn't what it once was. You know, Steve Jobs died, and then all of a sudden, every nothing plugged into each other. All of a sudden, every cord is different. Are you blaming I- the ghost of Steve Jobs for the USB-C 3 no, ports? No, no. I am saying, I'm <laughs> saying that if he hadn't tried to use bone broth... To cure a disease, maybe some of these, my phone and my computer might have the same plug. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. I'm just something to think about. Yeah. Woo. Okay, more of the game with John Lovett after the break. You know what I'm about to ask you. I'm going to ask you to, out of the love for me and this show and Vulture and New York Magazine, reach into your heart and into your cell phone and like and subscribe and follow this podcast on multiple podcast apps. Review us, rate us, love us, pick us, choose us. Okay, here it is. Your choice, it's simple. Give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. So pick me, choose me, love me. Review me. Also tell a friend, that this show exists. Thank you. I'll be at Joe's tonight. So if you do decide to sign the papers, meet me there. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Uh, Next question for you, sir. Sure. John Lovett, are you into or not into the upcoming uh, feature film, Cracoon. Oh, Denny here's got something a little extra special for you two tonight. Have you heard about this? I, I have. I oh, have yeah, heard of have. Crackoon. Oh, yeah, you have. And I watched the trailer for Crackoon. Did and, you like uh, it? 
what what are we talking about here? It is it, it's a group of people who got together and said, "I wonder if we could get people to watch a trailer called Raccoon," and they did it. I am telling you, it's a killer raccoon. Okay, it's all fucked up on drugs and shit. Can't be. When I saw that people were talking about Raccoon, I was like, oh, this must be from the people that brought us Cocaine Bear. Cocaine Bear. And it is yeah. not. It is just from Different some people. people. Like, this is a home movie. <laughs> so you know what? I'm into it. Good okay. for them. I am into just this new genre of film, like unhinged animal on drugs. I saw Cocaine Bear in theaters and loved it. Nice. Um, and this movie looks like it will be just as crazy. So apparently with this one, a synthetically altered street drug is discarded in the woods, and then an innocent raccoon eats it, and it transforms the raccoon into a nightmarish, flesh-eating, killing machine. Um, and according to NME, per updates and such, apparently the film studio behind this thing is called Fuzzy Monkey Films. Sure it is. And it's going to wrap in early June, and it should be out towards the end of this year. I mean, at this point... You and I could make our own crazy wildebeest movie. What's our drug animal movie? Um, well, so you had Cocaine Bear, Crackhoon, um, Hippopotameth. <laughs> Come on, that's pretty good. Pretty good on the fly. Hippopotameth. Pretty I like good that. on the fly. Come on. What are the, Go what's the personality of this hippo? And like, what is his Hippos kill strength? more people than sharks. Hippos are some of the most dangerous creatures on on God's green earth. Why would you say that? They're very cute. They're not. They're cute. Yes, they are, but they can eat a watermelon like it's a Tic Tac, and they will destroy you. <laughs> Hippos are very dangerous, and you don't. You know what I'd want to stay away from? A hippo on meth. There's that. Maybe I not want, as hungry as usual. I want a llama blazed the fuck out mm-hmm. on... Lamali. 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 Kamala. Molly. Wait, wait, wait. A llama on. Molly Lama. Molly Lama. Molly Lama. Dolly Lama. Yeah, the Molly Lama. The Molly Lama. The Molly Lama. The Molly Lama. The Molly Lama, everybody. The Molly Lama. Oh, is that the sound of. Is that the sound of. Of money being deposited in your bank account <laughs> from Hollywood? Is that we the money? Are both, those the money? Yes. What? It's the money Am I cannon. residuals already? David Zaslav is firing the money cannon in your direction. Molly Lama. There's multiple. When you have a good pitch, there's multiple money cannons. You know, you have the kind of. That's like the kind of smaller burst TV money cannon. But a movie money cannon is a deeper. And llamas are so cute. There's going to be a line of plush toys. Spitting spitting this Christmas. No, that's right. <laughs> Who voices Molly Lama? Because it also talks. It's going to talk. I want it to talk. Uh, well, you Gilbert know, originally, well, Lizzo was, Lizzo should have been, <laughs> Lizzo should have been Ursula. <laughs> she should have been Ursula. Yes, uh, yes. Have you seen, have you seen the new Little Mermaid? Did you go see it? I refuse. We uh, talked to a vulture critic and she was like, this thing is trash. It was so upsetting. <laughs> like, it was, it was such a bummer. It was such a bummer. Although I knew I, from the trailer. Can I? They can didn't I, turn the lights on under the motherfucking sea. They didn't turn I the lights on. I couldn't see it. It was so dark down there. It was I will dark. say, though, we were watching the, the film, and there's a lot of, like, elbowing, just kind of getting through it, especially because they add these songs. I, I don't want to spoil the movie, but I have never, I wasn't intentionally a laugh, and I really tried to stop myself. I have never, the last minute, I laughed as hard as I have laughed in a movie theater. Wait, why it wasn't did you laugh? I, it's hard. I will. Can I spoiler you alert? You can spoil it for the you new can Little Mermaid. Spoil it. It's so, fine. 
the the strangest part about this film is that so you're watching a Disney movie, but then Javier yes. Bardem plays King Triton. Uh, Javier Bardem is just in a different movie. He's playing it like Henry VIII. It's just like unbelievable. <laughs> it's like he's. It's like it's like the the original cartoon. Like Triton's like a big kind of burly dad yeah, who says dad yeah. things, and he says, "My yeah. Ariel, you gotta sit the fuck down. I'm a dad." Yeah. But this yeah. is all very. Is very internal, very, very <laughs> deep and very, you know, it's basically he's doing fucking Anton Chigurh inside of the movie. What business is it of yours? Where I'm from? Friendo. And then all of a sudden at the end of the movie, uh, uh, Ariel and uh, Prince, whatever. Prince Eric, they're in their rowboat going in the ocean towards his ship to go sail off at the distance. And then they're like, they just cut and Javier Bardem is just watching them and crying. <laughs> And it was oh. the creepiest thing I've ever. We burst oh. out. We com- we lost. It. It's who we? Who is we? I, you and I, I see friends? movie. I see movie with people. I think I went by myself. You think an adult I don't know. man? I love going to movies you, alone. What kind? You think I, I, I go to I, movies alone all the time because I, I love myself. I so I um, wrote jokes for. I did like one day of joke writing for a Disney movie, and the previous movie had already been out in theaters. And I realized that I needed to see it before I went to this thing. Because this is like, yes. you know, I needed to make sure I could draw on what they were trying to do with these other movies. And I realized that, so the table read was at noon. And I realized like, oh my God, I'm a single man who's going to have to go see a Disney movie in the morning by myself. What's I, wrong I, with that? You, you're going into a theater with like families as far as the eye can see. And you're a man going to see a Disney movie alone at 10 a.m. It was like... It was like I felt so like it was like <laughs> I'm gonna go see this Disney movie for breakfast. It was yes. weird. <laughs> yeah, like I see the kids movie. It was weird as hell. I hated it. <laughs> I did. I did get a hot dog though. On that note, we have to figure out if you won this game or not. Oh, okay, we're kind of on the same page with Taylor. Okay. You think I'm into the VR headset, and you are. AR headset from Apple, and honestly, I'm not giving you a point because we okay, disagree. Okay, okay, great. You're the host, but we all know what we heard, so I'll leave wow. that to the audience. And then uh, I think when it comes to Crackoon, we both get infinity points, like residual points, because we made yeah. the Molly Llama. For sure. The which is going to be blockbuster. The Molly Llama. So for that so alone, good. I think you win the game. I won the game. Good for me. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Also, the Molly Lama is queer. And plus, yeah, the Molly Lama is a LGBTQ icon where we'll leave that for the— An alphabet person. That's yeah. it. Once the strike is over, we'll write the whole thing, whole treatment. The, the, the Molly Lama is Polly. Oh, the Polly Molly Lama. <laughs> yes. Culture Geist. Culture Geist. You're listening to Culture Geist. Culture Geist. I don't know, y'all. And now to a segment we're calling Culture Geist About all the things we can't stop thinking about The culture that's haunting you Haunting me Haunting all of us For better or worse Hi, I'm Jason P. Frank, a writer here at Vulture And my Culture Geist this week is based around HBO's The Idol Uh, The Idol is, to put it bluntly, not a good show. 
It's neither as edgy nor as stylish as it thinks it is, and its two main personalities, Lily Rose Depp and Abel the Weekend Tesfe, come off on screen as impenetrable, uninteresting charisma voids. Yes. What? I hate his vibe. But the thing I'm fascinated about is how skewed the show's vision of 2023 in pop music is. Lily Rose Depp's character, Jocelyn, is a Britney-esque pop star, and her big upcoming song, I'm a Freak, is played in the episode. The song is not good, but more than that, it, it feels unrelated to the pop music of the moment. We don't really have these big female sex anthems on the charts right now, especially not ones that sound as down-the-middle pop as this. A lot of the current pop scene is new disco, like Lizzo or Dua Lipa, or if it's not that, it's bombastic 80s homages, like Sam Smith and Kim Petras' Madonna-inspired Unholy, or The Weeknd's own Take On Me sound like Blinding Lights. This song sounds like a Zara Larson B-side that charted at 98. I know it, like, works commercially, but I just feel like every time I listen to it, I'm, like, fucking embarrassed. It's especially confusing considering The Weeknd's involvement in the show. And, like, even if, in context, the song isn't supposed to be good, what matters to me is that it doesn't sound like the pop music of the moment. It feels like a lazy anachronism meant to tip its hat to Britney, but without any of her charisma and made in an age when Britney's classics wouldn't be hits anyway because they don't sound like the time. You know, the press has been brutal with Britney as well. Like, people count them out. And this is Jocelyn saying, I will not be written off. I'm Rebecca Alter. I'm a staff writer at Vulture, and the thing that is haunting me this week is that Padam Padam isn't number one on the Billboard Hot 100. Uh, if you haven't heard it yet, you may or may not live in a soundproof panic room year-round, but uh, it's a track by Kylie Minogue, 55-year-old Australian legend. It's very catchy. It's very onomatopoeic. It's so catchy that the word I best use to describe it is that it's evil, like it's not of this earth. It is of hell. It is of Australia. And I was under the impression that it was the most popular song on the planet. I think for maybe uh, gays and for people with taste, it's been inescapable since it came out in May. But this is maybe like one of those situations where like the whole internet is talking about Succession. So you think Succession is the most popular show in the world, but really Yellowstone is the most popular show in the world. And you don't know a single person who watches Yellowstone. And I make that comparison specifically because the current number one single on the charts right now is by Morgan Wallen, who I'm going to call the Yellowstone um, of people. And it gets worse because not only is Padam Padam not number one on the Billboard Top 100 or Top 40, uh, it's not in the Top 40 at all. And also while I'm ranting, Padam Padam isn't is not the noise a heartbeat makes. Like it's a great song, but it is pretty stupid. Heartbeats go 
boom ba doom ba boom ba doom ba bass got that super bass. Or they go ba ba, like with a B and a U, not a P and an A. Anyway, this song haunts me. I am whispering and said raspy because I'm sick and I'm also in an airport. Um, happy Pride. Bye. I am Dame Brian Moylan, the president and founder of Vulture's Real Housewives Institute, and I've been recapping Vanderpump Rules since season five. I'm old enough to remember the original Scandaval back in 1992 when Amy Fisher, also known as the Long Island Lolita, took revenge on her much older boyfriend, Joey Buttafuoco, a man old enough to be her father, by arriving at his house and shooting his wife, Mary Jo, in the head. The bullet is still lodged in the base of my brain and causes me constant pain and suffering. Don't worry, she survived, though she was injured. But Joey wore these pants that at the time were very popular. They were like baggy and printed pants, and they became known as Joey Buttafuoco pants. And because of their association with him, their popularity tanked. It's amazing to watch the same exact thing happening to white nail polish in real time. Kind of feels like you're the most hated man on television right now. Yeah. Yeah. Tom Sandoval has single-handedly ruined white nail polish for all of us forever just by being such a cad who is so associated with it. Now that you're broken up, did Tom's white nail polish bother you as much as it bothered... He was even on the season talking about how he had to skip business meetings for Schwartz and Sandy's to go get his manicure redone. The perfect example is when we had to submit the menu, you went to band practice. In the daytime, you got your nails done. And it's been a crazy time because men painting their nails has come back in vogue. It's about gender nonconformity. It's about queering the nation. And instead, all of this and Harry Styles' business empire has been impacted by one and only Tom Sandoval. I'm not about to walk around town with some grubby-ass chip nails. I can't believe we've come to this. Thank you for ruining one more great thing, Tom Sandoval. And may you never paint your nails ever again. Grubby-ass chip nails. All right, thanks again to Brian, Rebecca, and Jason. Listeners, do you have a culture, guys? A thing in the culture that's been haunting you? Be as specific as you can. Also, for the next few weeks with this segment, we want to hear y'all share your culture, guys, about something recent or something relevant to the current moment and culture of today. What is your recent culture, guys? Let us know. Send us a short voice memo via email, intuitatvulture.com. That's intuitatvulture.com. You know how it goes. You could be on the show. Hit us up. All right, Intuit is hosted by me, Sam Sanders. The show is produced by Janae West, Travis Larchuk, Gabby Grossman, Jelani Carter, and Taka Zinn. Our fearless editor is Jordana Hochman. Our engineers are Daniel Turek. And this week, some extra engineering help from the man, the myth, and the legend, Chris Shirtleff. Our music is composed by Breakmaster Cylinder. And the executive producer of audio at Vox Media is Nishat Kurwa. Listeners, we are back next Tuesday with a brand new episode. Till then, be good to yourselves. Okay, bye. Hold up. 